Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. Today promises to be a pretty fun conversation. We're in essence going to have two interviews in one because uh, today's guest has got a cool organization that she's the founder of that I want to get into and understand what that's all about. She's got a book out now called Flight Club. And I suspect there's a connection between the two, and I'm going to explore that as well. So it promises to be a fun chat. Say hello to my guest. Her name is Felina Hansen. She is the founder of Hera Hub and the author of this new book, Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. Felina, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Todd. Well, I'm happy to have you. I appreciate uh, you making time to join us. I know you're awfully busy, so grateful for you stopping by. Felini, before we get into our conversation, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of interesting things to discuss and, and weave all together, because I think it, that's the whole point of your story, is that everything you're doing all does kind of weave together, and I think it's kind of cool and creative. Tell the audience a bit about you, your background, and then give us a quick overview of what Hera Hub's all about. We're going to get into that in a little bit more detail, but give us the 10,000-foot view of it. Certainly. Yeah, I have been an entrepreneur now for 14 years and didn't come up with my first business idea because I had some brilliance. It was more out of necessity. So briefly, in my 20s, I worked for technology startups and got laid off three times by the age of 30. Nice. <laughs> As a lot of folks, yes, exactly. My career path was just going so swimmingly well. So two companies sold, one ran out of money, and it was that point that I said, gosh darn it, I need to control my own destiny. I had grown up in an entrepreneurial family, so starting my own business was certainly not foreign to me. So uh, my first business was pretty simple, taking my expertise in marketing strategy and then supporting other small to mid-sized companies through some consultancy-based work. My company was called Perspective Marketing and had that business for eight years, really enjoyed what I was doing. But like a lot of folks, chose to work out of a home office, you know, via spare bedroom, so to speak. It was obviously convenient and cost-effective. And so I started to look for what now is referred to as co-working space, kind of the flexible office space, if you will. This was back in 2010. And I found sort of two ends of the spectrum, either kind of the old school executive suite, just kind of stale, not, not too collaborative, if you will. And then on the other end of the spectrum, kind of these new co-working spaces that we see now growth over the last five or so years that tend to be kind of what some call a programmer culture. I don't know if you've right, heard that right. phrase, Todd, but yeah, just, you know, very young, techy, super cool places, but just not my tribe, so to speak. So I started to look at the market and my segment that I had been really focused on serving was female entrepreneurs and actually through a couple organizations helping them launch their business. So I'd worked with several hundred women over the course of the six years prior to launching Hera Hub in 
educating and supporting them through business growth. And so I really brought that all together in a shared workspace, a flexible workspace and business accelerator program. We're designed by women for women, but we're not exclusive to women. Um, The environment of these workspaces, and I have three here in San Diego, one in Washington, D.C., opening in Phoenix and Stockholm, Sweden in the next few months and working on a few other cities. So we're excited to say we're an international brand now. But these spaces are quite different than a lot of other workspaces. We call them spa-inspired workspace. And again, I'm sure we'll get into more the business acceleration piece of it as far as education, workshops, mentoring, things of that nature that goes on in these workspaces. Well, let me put in a plug for Chicago, where we're based, and, <laughs> and I think that would be a a, a, a great location for it. And, and uh, I, I know there would be a lot of uh, potential customers that would re- relish having this this type of focus. I mean, you, you mentioned spa-inspired. I mean, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it doesn't mean we do, you know, massage. It means just taking the elements of a spa, which are typically running water and nice lighting and soft music and, you know, aromatherapy, that type of, you know, scenario, taking that feel of a spa environment, which tends to be pretty relaxing, pretty tranquil, and then applying that into an office environment. But it works extremely well. We've been in business over six years now and have hundreds and hundreds of members who love working out of this. It's really just creating that opportunity for somebody to step into an environment that is, is calming, frankly, you know, business can be stressful and very difficult and to be able to step in and just kind of bring the temperature down a little bit. It doesn't mean people are falling asleep because we, we kind of balance that with other things, but just, just creating a, a bit of a different uh, element in office space, if you will. Yeah, see, I really love the sound of that. I mean, I know the the I know it's not exclusive to women, but it sounds very appealing to me because I'm a big advocate Great. of of like meditation and calming strategies to help business people, and so that kind of an environment makes all kinds of sense to me. And it sounds it sounds scintillating, like I'm going to go get my hair cut later today, and it's located within a spa. And I just love being in there. It's just a calming, relaxing, tranquil escape from harsh reality of life and business. You know, so I, mean, I love the idea of it. I guess this is a good time, because you talked about how when you started your business, you started it from the spare bedroom. And there's a lot of uh, solopreneurs and, and home-based business people that, that do that. And I, you know, and I, I operate out of my home office and, and I, and I love that, but there's advantages to that, but there's also disadvantages to that. Talk about that difference between working in an environment like Hera Hub versus working out of the home office. Pros and cons? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. You know, I think the key to this conversation, Todd, is options. Really, the by and large, our members come in and use this space a day or two a week. They're not full-time. This isn't full-time dedicated desk space or office space like a number of the shared workspaces across the country operate. The market that we serve wants flexibility. They do want to work out of their home office a couple days a week, or they may be out seeing clients a day or two a week, and they want to have the option to 
you know, instead of working out of a Starbucks or, you know, a Panera Bread, to be able to come into an environment that's very collaborative, very supportive, but also very professional. That's the other piece of it. A lot of our members, and I'll just reference kind of a few categories, we, we serve a lot of attorneys, a lot of folks in finance, marketing, nonprofit organizations, a lot of writers and authors. And so those individuals may be seeing clients. Again, we've got a lot of folks that do business coaching and executive coaching and mentoring and things of that nature. And so they need a space to do that, you know, especially as a woman, you know, you may not feel comfortable bringing somebody into your home or, you know, on average, they're 60% more productive when they work at home than when they work at home. And that's a pretty big deal, right? We're getting a lot more done in, in the same amount of time. But then also just that sense of community. I mean, not everybody finds working from home isolating, but but a lot of folks do. And so being able to come into an environment where you see other awesome business people growing and building and collaborating and connecting and learning, it's really contagious to be in that environment. And the individual is going to be able to grow more quickly and find better vendors, resources for their business than if they're doing it by themselves in their spare bedroom. Yeah, no, you make a great case for it. All right, we're going to jump to break early because when we come back, we're going to dive into this book, Flight Club. So Felina Hansen and I will return after the short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international bestselling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeetler.com. All right, we're back with Felina Hansen, the founder of Hub and the author of a new book called Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. All right, so Felina, so let's talk about the book now. I suspect if you go to Amazon and type in Find me books and titles that talk about launching a dream business. There's an awful lot of material there, a lot of titles. Why did you have to write this book? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Well, number one, the book is a little bit prescriptive in regards to uh, a how-to that I I have at the end of the book. And so that was something I've been working on for quite some time. I actually taught entrepreneurship at the college level for eight years and What I kept running into in regards to books um, on launching a business was there's a million business plan books out there, you know, how to write a business plan, so to speak, but where my students and then also women I was working with at the time and helping them launch their business would get tangled up is 
some of the foundational uh, sort of nitty gritty operational part of launching a business, even finding the right name and making sure that you can get a trademark on that name or you're not infringing on someone else's trademark, Um, business licenses, some of the things that I saw so many people just kind of gloss over because it's not the fun part of launching a business, if you will, and then also get tangled up in you know, what do I do first? What do I do second? And so on. And so that's something I've been working on for a long time. The platform's called stepstostartup.com. So the the reader has the highlights of that in the book, but then is driven back to the stepstostartup.com platform so they can go through the steps of business launch there. But beyond that, I wanted to reach women who were feeling stuck in their (laughs) corporate job, if you will. The title of the book, oftentimes people do a double take (laughs) in regards to the reference to a Brad Pitt movie that came out in the late 90s called Fight Club. And actually, it is a play on that, but it's taking flight as an entrepreneur. And again, the the target market for the book are women and and men, but uh, primarily women who really are longing to break out of that corporate culture and launch their own business. And it's really advice, wisdom, practical steps on how to do that. And my story weaved into that as well. And if you remember that movie, Todd, the kind of premise was Edward Norton was stuck in his own gray cubicle and longed to break out and do something that really had meaning and something that, you know, made him feel alive. And so he meets Brad Pitt and joins Fight Club. So obviously I'm not advocating (laughs) fighting, but I am advocating, you know, stepping out and doing something different. And so the, the, again, the the storyline is is my journey as an entrepreneur and launching Hera Hub, the the path to that, so to speak. And then stories of other women, um, as well as exercises for the reader to kind of hone in on, you know, where do my strengths, passions, interests, and market opportunity align to help them figure out perhaps what type of business they may want to launch. And then the last part is the practical how-to on how to do that. Outstanding. So count me in the fraternity of people who were stuck in a corporate life that, and broke free and am now running my own business and, and I've never been happier. As we tape this, Felina, I'm uh, looking out my window in my high rise in downtown Chicago and I see dozens of high rises full of people stuck in a corporate job and they're longing to break free, but most of them won't do it because they're afraid any counsel, any advice you can share to someone who's listening to this who's in that rut career-wise and, and they're going through the things that you're going through. They're, they're, they're being laid off from time to time. And that's just, that's just the way business is now. And that's, that's going to be more normal than it is abnormal. And, and you have to be prepared for that. And, and, but yet, despite those dreaded mornings of going to this job that does not fulfill or satisfy them and they long to do their dream business, most of them won't because they're just afraid. How do you break out? What, what steps do you need to take to actually make the sleep and take flight? <laughs> Such a great question. So you're right. A lot of folks are afraid. And part of that fear comes in a decision that that perhaps happens you know, many years ago for them, which is we, uh, I'll just say Americans in general, but other cultures potentially as well, we tend to get ourselves in situations where we feel like we can't break out. We get the big mortgage, 
we get the fancy car, we send our kids to private school, whatever it is. And we, we start to feel trapped at a certain point because we've set this level of, you know, expectation in regards to how we live and, you know, stepping out of a six figure job is scary. I, I can certainly understand that. But to your point, I really, you know, felt this when I went through my third layoff. I honestly, I felt running my own business, building my own business. At least I knew I could rely on myself. Right. I, you know, I mean, you're right. Companies are being bought and sold constantly. People are being laid off. I mean, you look at the data right now. So it's said to be about 33% of the knowledge-based workforce in the U.S. is currently independent. So that's freelance, consultant, entrepreneur, anybody who's working independently. That prediction is looked at around 50 or even a little bit higher, 55% by 2020. Folks are saying that about half of the knowledge-based workforce will be independent by 2020 because companies are really looking, they're outsourcing more, they're automating more. And so it allows a company to be able to scale up or down or into new markets more quickly, leveraging more of a freelance workforce. And then you really couple that with the millennials and the boomers are both finding themselves, you know, wanting to do more independent work. How many millennials do you know that are, you know, doing graphic design on the side and they're driving for Uber and they're picking up jobs on TaskRab? And I mean, they they don't want to go sit in the gray cubicle, you know, and work right. for a large company. And so, you know, it really is, you know, it's it's setting yourself up and being in a position where you can break out of that. I call myself very scrappy. <laughs> and so, you know, I I have set myself up in a position to be able to take some risk in my career, so to speak. But more than that, I, I didn't have a lot of choice, frankly. I, you know, that third layoff was like, gosh, darn it, I got to make this work. Right. So, and, and, and if I can add, Todd, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. You know, it's it's challenging and there's a lot to it. You have to be extremely good at multitasking. You have to be great at sales. You know, there's so much that goes into it and not everybody's cut out for that. So I don't I don't encourage everyone to rush out and leave their job and start a business. Obviously, you need to know yourself first. All right. No doubt about that. The uh so 50% or more of the knowledge-based workers are going to be independent. Boy, wouldn't it be great if they had like a spa-inspired place to go hang out and create? <laughs> hmm, now I kind of see the, the grander vision here. So, Another thing I've heard you talk about is this idea of leaning out. And yeah. I'd love to know more about that means and particularly in the context of why women need to do it. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's sort of a play on Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And there's there was a bit of controversy about that book uh, among uh, a number of folks uh, in my community and beyond of, you know, the premise of the book is, you know what, you just got to suck it up and and lean in in, in corporate cult, you know, environments and cultures. And so it is a bit of a play on that saying, you know what, don't lean in, don't you know, take it, so to speak, you know, go create your own universe, if you will. I, I always like to joke, you know, I'm not fighting for my seat at the boardroom table. I just went and created my own boardroom, frankly. And so <laughs> that's the reference to, to leaning out and uh, kind of stepping out of that corporate environment to, to launch your own dreams. 
you know, again, playing on this idea of this, this, I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. This kind of this fear-based corporate culture. They're just afraid to break free and do this. Or it's another thing you've talked about is this idea that you have to shift away uh, from playing it safe to taking the leap. And we've, we've kind of touched on that in this conversation, but I, it's just, uh, there's just there's no reason to be so afraid. I mean, I don't know why people are so fearful of of taking these gambles and these risks. They're really not serious threats. I mean, the the life's going to go on. You're going to be fine. There's no real serious risk or jeopardy of anything bad happening. I just don't know why people are so paralyzed with this. You, you, can you talk on that a bit? Yeah, two things there. I mean, I think. A lot of it can come in in regards to how somebody was raised. I mean, I got lucky. I had two very rebellious entrepreneurial parents, and that's it's kind of part of the title of the book in regards to you know how I was raised. I mean, I grew up with baby tigers and like <laughs> peacocks, and you know, a dad who just you know would do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. I mean, it was just a very interesting way I was raised, which. I'm grateful for because it definitely taught me to draw outside the lines, if you will. So some folks didn't experience that, you know, their parents worked for General Motors their entire career and got the pension. And, you know, so that's going to create a different mindset. I, I think it goes back to as well, as I briefly mentioned, you know, we dig ourselves into, you know, debt and obligation and things of that nature, and that can bring fear. And I think the other thing, too, even though statistically uh, it's said that women are starting businesses, some say twice at the twice the rate as men right now. I mean, there are a lot of women out there launching their own business. By and large, women are not uh, known to be risk takers. And I think there's a lot that plays into that in regards to just culturally and DNA and, you know, the fact that oftentimes we end up being caregivers for family and things of that nature. And so, and you look at even though the pace of growth of business for female entrepreneurs is, is really growing, the size of business is most women are not hitting the million dollar mark. In fact, it's pretty staggering. It's only like, you know, less than five or so percent of female entrepreneurs are hitting over the million dollar mark in annual sales. So oftentimes they're starting slightly different types of businesses as opposed to, you know, they may not be building the next Airbnb. Right, right, right. So growing up with the peacock. So that explains the book cover. <laughs> yes. so, so another area that I think is worth talking about is this idea of servant leadership. And, and on this show and on this network, we talk a lot about leadership and leadership development. And no surprise to you, this idea of being the servant leader is becoming much more prevalent in the dialogue about how the modern leader needs to function and operate. Now, I also particularly believe that the the female leader is particularly adept at servant leadership. I think that's a, a big advantage that they have. That's just, I think it's a stronger way that they operate and think that's an advantage they have over over us guys. But but talk about that and why that's so critical today. Absolutely. So I was turned on to this idea of servant leadership when I started my first business. I took a year-long course and it really, you know, it was something to your point that was probably already in my DNA, but I didn't have a label for it. And 
I think it's critical in regards to both in the entrepreneurial settings and corporate settings, looking at how do we put people first? How do we support our team? I never call my team employees. I call them my team, right? right? I mean, I'm there to support them. I draw my organizational chart as a inverse triangle and I'm at the bottom, really, because when I look at it, I built a platform for my team to help you know, our community reach their goals. And then in turn, as we expand internationally through a licensing model, I'm then building that platform for women in other cities to take this concept and build their platform for their community and see that ripple effect. And so you're right. I think women were natural community builders, were natural collaborators. I mean, the idea of you know, a competitive business environment, which we, we kind of see through <laughs> some of the folks in business that, uh, you know, uh, the c- competition, if you will, really, for me, collaboration is the new competition. It is so much, you know, we're stronger together, so much easier to build a business if we're there helping and supporting each other, as opposed to trying to beat our competitor down, so to speak. And I think women and some men, obviously, you get it as well, Todd, you know, embrace that. And that, I think, will change the culture of business and hopefully ripple into corporations and maybe even politics someday. Who knows? Yeah, we can hope for that. I I think uh, servant leadership is the only way to positively impact and change a business's culture in the way that it needs to go. So that's important. Look, I need another three hours with you to dive into the (laughs) things I want to talk about. One final discussion topic I want to get into before we wrap up this conversation is this idea of finding your life's purpose. Now, you talk about that in a lot of ways, and of, of course, in the context of launching a passion-based business. But I think we t- we've taught this whole broadcast about people being stuck and fearful of getting out of the corporate grind. I think a lot of the reason that occurs is that people don't know what their life's purpose is and, and or are, don't think it's possible to actually pursue that. Talk to us about how, I think there's, in my opinion, I think there are far too many people who don't know what their life's purpose is. And and so I guess a two-part question, how do you find that? How do you grasp onto it? And then once you know that, how do you proceed? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a three-hour question, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to tackle it. Yeah, we, so in the book I walk, I actually have two guest authors that walk the reader through two different exercises on helping them find their passion. I think, you know, it's difficult. Some people are asleep, frankly, Todd. I mean, they're going through their day to day. They don't, they're not, they've overextended themselves so much that they're not giving themselves time to even think about, you know, what am I passionate about, right? right? And I think the bigger thing is, a, giving yourself time for that. But the bigger thing is, okay, great. Even when I find my passion, how do I figure out how to make a business out of that that's hopefully profitable, right? I mean, that's that's the bigger question. So for me, that took time. I mean, I, I know I've always been excited about business and marketing. Even back in high school, I was in the you know DECA business club, you know, so to speak, right. and, and got that from my father. But it didn't all come together for me, honestly, until I launched Hera Hub. I I had these little pieces here and there. 
and kind of dangling. I was the girl with four business cards, right? I mean, (laughs) I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And, you know, a lot of folks are in that boat now too. But what got me really excited was the day I could see all of those pieces coming together under one you know, physically under one roof and be able to to share everything I was passionate about. It took, you know, close to 40 years to, to get to that point. And so I think for a lot of folks, just just pay attention, give your get out of your rut, do something different, you know, go volunteer somewhere and allow yourself to, you know, not work yourself to death. So you get home and all you can do is collapse on the couch and flip on the television, right? Right. right. And so, you know, it, I don't have a secret formula for finding passion. Just simply there's it's going to be different for a lot of people. But just giving yourself the space to do that and explore and listen is so, so critical. Yeah, no, there's no other way to do it. Felina, unfortunately, we are out of time for today, uh, although I suspect our paths will cross again. I think there's a lot of uh, some deeper dives in a lot of these subjects that we probably ought to consider doing. But for purposes of today's broadcast, before I let you go, should anyone have any questions, how do they find you? Where do they learn more about Hera Hub? And most importantly, where they get their hands on a copy of Flight Club? <laughs> Perfect. So herahub.com, Hera being the Greek goddess of women and actually her symbol being the male peacock feather, ironically. So hmm. H-E-R-A-H-U-B.com and flightclubbook.com. It's available on Amazon and I'm easy to find. If you just Google my first name, F-E-L-E-N-A, I'll, I'll pretty much come up on top and uh Lots of uh, different opportunities to connect with us as we grow to cities across the country and eventually across the world. Outstanding. Felina Hansen, the founder of Hera Hub and the author of Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. Felina, again, great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. My pleasure. All right. it's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of our guest, Felina Hansen, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.